Welcome to the Hope United Church Podcast. We are one church with two locations. For video live streams of our services and more information, please visit www.hopeunited.org.uk. What I'm going to talk about tonight, and the introduction is longer than the message. Uh, really, I think sometimes the introduction is better than the message. I've heard some great sermons. It's just, it's, and then I've heard a pastor or a leader, some phenomenal leaders go up and say something at the end of the message. It's been better than the whole sermon, you know, and you're just like, ah. And, uh, so before I get into just a, a, a kind of simple message of what I want to talk about, I want to talk about why we talk about these things in our church and why we are this type of church and what we're trying to build here, uh, in Dundee as well as what we're doing in Motherwell, uh, for a start, this is not going to make you feel as if you can change the world at the end of this message. <coughs> Some of you really need to learn that at the end of your message, you're not going to change the world. There's not enough of those messages. Uh, you're not going to become invincible. Okay? I'll soon will guarantee you, you will not become invincible at the end of this message. Uh, this is a hard sell, isn't it? <laughs> hard to sell this stuff. Especially if you, you, you're a feelings junkie. And everything's about how you feel. I don't feel it. The feeling you're looking for, you can get it anywhere. See if you like worship. If you like worship, and you like to worship, but you don't like word and truth, it's not worship you like, it's singing. Do you understand? It's singing you like. This is, uh, you just watch X Factor then. Oh, I love to, I love to worship, but I'm not sure about the word. You don't like worship. No, about God, that's about singing. You know, and if you can worship, you can't study or grow or be excited about God's word, then, then it's no God you love. You love music. Uh, so, you see how this is a hard sell, can you? Uh, that you will not be able to cast out demons at the end of this, unless it's your own. You will not have any bigger dream or vision by the end of this message. What it will do, if you allow it, and allow this type of teaching and this type of stuff to help your life. I've been on this journey now for 20 years, to God, uh, and I've seen different things. It's not as long as some people. I've seen a lot of coming and going and a lot of moves and waves and trends and this is the new scene, the new thing that God's doing. Oh, behold, I'm doing a new thing. Yeah. I'd like him to do a real thing before a new thing. What do you think? For me. I wish he would do a real thing. I need a real thing before a, before a new thing. Uh, uh, and, and, and I like to talk about this at the start of messages. Because it usually filters out the flakes. It filters out the flakes very quickly. Which saves, saves a lot of time. And, do you get what I'm saying? No, because then you need to manage the flakes forever. When things are not anointed enough, or blessed enough, or moving enough, or rainbows, or gold pots of gold at the end of rainbows and all that stuff. And, uh, and I believe this kind of stuff, what I'm going to talk about and what we'll talk about most of the time, we'll get the odds. No, I'm not saying that we don't believe in praying and laying on of hands and we don't believe in healing. I've seen amazing healings and the most healings I've ever seen in my life is the healing of immunity. Which means that what used to destroy you, you can manage today. Yeah, Understand? Yeah. If you think you just walk with a Christian, what used to destroy you, you can handle today. That's a miracle in itself. Yeah. But it's, it's those glossy. It's those shiny. Uh, and I believe through this kind of stuff, you could become more compassionate, wiser, and navigating through life and people and things. That causes to stumble, second guess ourselves, annoy us, irritate us, infuriate us, confuse us, hurt us, stifle us, misjudge us, blame us, and manipulate us. Now, and, and us to other people with that as well. Over the years, I believe the church, and I think modern church should get better at it, uh, has been a cheerleading pat in the back, motivational, oh, yes, you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. Yes, I can, and you feel terrific. 
oh, and it's great, and you dream big dreams and get big ideas and conjure up new ideas, and you're more than a conqueror. Uh, and we've trailblazed the kingdom, and I think the church, I think that's better than old-fashioned, Bible-bashing religion, which made you feel guilt, that, that made you feel guilt, and made you guilt you into trying to behave and behaviour modified you. I think we're a little better than that, or the church that was just kind of anemic. You know, I think the modern churches get better at that. I, I, I do. But, and they're always a but with me. And it's definitely, there's definitely a place for the motivational stuff and the victory laps and the laying on of hands and the rah, rah, rah and the big razzmatazz and we'll do that in church. We'll sometimes lay hands on people. We'll, 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 we'll believe in big things. We'll dream big things and all that stuff is great. Uh, but, and there's always a but for me. Is it really equipping people for life? Really? Really? You, know, you, you might get something like that and it kickstarts you or gives you a massive leap of faith for your dream. But let's ask this question. What good's that when you're facing a nightmare? What good's that when you feel rejected? What good's that when your wife's not talking to you? What good's that when your husband's not speaking to you? What good is that when your boss is overlooked you? Where's the, philo- where's the theology for that stuff at times in church? I don't think we have. So I think the problem is, is for me, is, is what's happened over the years is, and why we talk about this stuff, is that the ratio of what we talk about in church does not line up to the ratio in what you have to get through in life. Do you understand what I mean? So what we talk about in church does not line up with what goes on in your daily life. And if what... Do you understand what I'm saying? If we don't talk about resentment and insecurity and inadequacy and rejection and we don't talk about financial insecurity, where's the theology if your boss doesn't pay you? Where's the theology for that? Where's the, where's the theology for a late bill? Where's your theology for your kid being a total heathen? Where's the theology for that? Where's the theology for not feeling the presence of God? Do you what I'm saying? And over the years, and I think, this makes this stuff a hard sell. It'll take us a lot longer to build something great. It's took us six years to hit the 200 market model. That's what stage we're at, we're at 200 market model. It's took us six years to get to that. Now, I would have expected this to be about 10,000 just now. And get a big crowd and preach you happy. But it doesn't help you in a Monday. It will kickstart your dream. It will help the vision. If you have a vision or if you want to build a kids ministry or you want to help the poor or the impoverished or if you want to do something great or you want to write a worship song. or It will help that. But it won't help you on a Tuesday. It won't help you when you come to church and your wife won't. Yeah. Do you understand what I'm saying? Where's, where's the, where's the language for that stuff? And, uh, I've met countless, and I mean countless, grand old Duke. I was a grand old Duke of York person, but I've never been a grand old Duke of York Christian. The grand old Duke of York Christian is when they were up, they were up, and when they were down, they were down. But they have no theology for dealing with their issue. Do you understand? They have no theology. They have no, they have no capacity to deal with anger. They have no capacity, because we don't want to talk about that. We'll just name it, claim it, prophesy it, and dream big dreams. Ah, oh, don't worry about it. You're a big dreamer. But if you can't get out of your bed, <laughs> you know what I mean? If you can't get a J-O-B, you know what I mean? We're, too, we're, uh, we're, we're not talking about Job in the Bible. We, we, we don't talk about Job in the Bible. It's too scary for some people. Somebody mentioned job. Somebody mentioned job. Somebody mentioned job. We don't I talk about job in the Bible. Because there are too many, there are too many insecure pastors. There's too many insecure pastors who would rather you come and work for church for free. So you won't leave. Rather than go and make a living. But see, the thing is, we need to make, we need to pay a, you know, go and tell your non-Christian work colleague about your giant dream and leap forward 
and you're laying on of hands at the last conference. He could not give a rip about that. He could not care less about that. But how do you cope with that? How do you deal with that in life? So for me, the ratio and what we talk about in church should be completely different. These things should be, there should be a time and a place for those things. But it shouldn't be the norm. Because you cannot apply, ask yourself, when was the last time you were able to apply that to a problem? When was the last time you were able to apply that stuff when you felt rejected? When was the last time you were able to apply any of that shabba-dabba-doon, feeling goose-pimply stuff to feeling inadequate? But yet you felt that a lot more. You have to face that a lot more. Tell me the last thing you were able to apply that to financial insecurity. Tell me the last thing you were able to apply that stuff when you didn't get included or you got overlooked or somebody didn't look at you the right, right way when they were shaking your hand or when your son decided to punish somebody at school. Do you understand? Surely the church for me then, and this is what we are here to do, it's a hard sell, isn't it? People are like, no, it's a hard sell. But it's a long game sell. It's a long game sell that will make you a better mother, father, son, daughter, parent, worker, owner. Dreamer, visionary, Christian, believer, compassion, grace, mercy, understanding, courage, tenacity, boldness. I'll give you all them. In time. In time. Heaven forbid. You know one of the worst things about Pentecostal Christians is they're so impatient. If you can, let me tell you something, you didn't get in, and sorry for, sorry if I pardon my friends here, I'm talking about myself. You didn't get in that state that way. And see if I lay on the hands and it was an event that got you where you were, an event would get you out of there. It wasn't an event that got you where you were. It was years and years of thinking and years and years of processing, dealing with stuff and years and years of poor compensation and bad people skills and years and years of struggling to articulate how you feel emotionally, spiritually and we come to Christ and that's awesome and it's the kickstart but how do you live my life? How do you live my life when that happens? Because I promise you, you cannot draw in carpet time when that's happened. You cannot draw in that anointing. You cannot draw in the prophet laying hands on you and telling you who you are when that stuff's going on in your life. You cannot draw in that at any given point. You can't. So, you can see how hard it is. Yeah. But it's what changes your life. And it's what changed my life. And I would much rather have that. Long time. Oh, if it takes, if it takes us three times as long for people to click into this stuff, then that's good. That's okay with me. If that's what happens because it's, it helps, it helps, uh, if that's what grows people internally, then good. Because I would rather be brilliant on a Tuesday than feel terrific on a Sunday. Understand? That's got a bigger voice. Yeah. Let's get a bigger voice. How you are at work on a Tuesday is much more proof of what Jesus is doing in your life than how much you cry and sing on a Sunday. You crying and singing on a Sunday and fessies nobody except them in church. Do you understand? So, <laughs> what floors is, what sidetracks is. Nearly everything that sidetracks you was not spiritual. In your life. First the natural, then the spiritual. It only becomes spiritual when you can't overcome it. It only becomes spiritual when you can't come to church because of it. It only becomes spiritual when you choose not to listen to the truth because of it. Never started as spiritual. We've made it spiritual. We've made everything spiritual. Even Jesus himself said, first the natural, then the spiritual. But we've made it all super spiritual. And I'm glad I'm glad that God's took me in this journey with this stuff. Because I loved to live in the bubble. I was a feelings junkie. <laughs> apart, apart from being a real one as well, to be honest with you. Uh, where I was an addict and an alcoholic and I took all sorts of chemicals to get me squared up. Uh, so it was easy for me to be addicted to the feeling that God could give me. You know that you know the statistic says that the reason people come to Christ in the first place 
the super Pentecostal Christians can't cope with this, but this is a fact. No. It's because they were looking for something. Seriously. Seriously. No, they were looking for Jesus, they weren't they? They weren't they? They were just looking for something. They were just looking for something. How I came to church, I was just looking for something. Now, the reason we struggle to talk about that stuff, I believe, is, is because we think it lessens the power of Jesus. Well, I'm clean and sober 20 years. How's that lessened the power of Jesus? I'm clean and sober and drug and alcohol free for 20 years. And I'm no concerned with what people think about me. How's that know the power of Jesus? And I think we're frightened that we lessen the power of Jesus because we, we think he's, we want to make him more mystical. Don't we? Oh, when we've no theo- Where's the theology for somebody no recovering from cancer? <coughs> don't have one, don't you know? Don't have, I don't know, but I don't know, I just got to believe. And, and that's good, and I, I would encourage believing, and we would lay on our hands, and, we, and that's right. But it's no, it's, it's no always the norm. It's getting better now, the statistics. Uh, what about when you can't shake something off? You ever not been able to shake something off? You know, or not? Weeks, weeks of your resentment. No, you ever have you ever done forgiveness for longer than a day? Any still? Wow, really, 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 really? Longer than a day, lack of forgiveness. Shame on you. <laughs> Longer than a week? Any more? What's this? this is like, ah, uh, this is like, hey, any more for any more? Two, 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 two weeks, three, four, uh, five, five, five weeks. Couple of year, couple of, no intentions, he, unfor- no intentions, he getting over it, yeah, oh, really. <laughs> no intentions, he forgiven. No intentions, yeah, 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 me. Ask yourself, ask yourself, when that flares up in your life, Ask yourself when you were worshipping and tears were running down your face in a meeting. Ask yourself if it helped you. Didn't it? Didn't it? No. But yet it's so common. So we've got to talk about common things in this church. We've got to talk about stuff that can get you normal, get you, a get you normal before it gets you a superstar. Oh. Now that, no, that what's wrong with weird? What's wrong with normal? That's what I'd like you know. What's wrong with normal? What's wrong with weird, this new church thing? What's wrong with weird? What's wrong with normal? How about a Christian that fits in? There would be a novel idea, wouldn't it? No. Heaven, heaven forbid we fit in and actually just be normal. Heaven forbid that you're a Christian that tells somebody that you're struggling as well and that you can't go over it. Heaven forbid. Well, you've just got to praise the Lord. Have you? Have you? Well, I've got murder in my head. How do I deal with that one? At the moment. I've got murder in my head. Explain, 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 explain. Well, remember that time the prophet for America came over and we, 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 we said, I don't know why he's America. No, no, I love America. I love America. I love America. I love Americans. I love everything about America. I love its faith. I love its boldness. It's a pity that it's losing some of that. But I love it. I love everything about it. I love going to America. I love the faith. I love the Ukraine restaurants. I love all that stuff. So I'm no meaning that when I'm talking about the prophet, but that tends to be where it is. Oh, we've got the guy coming from America who's, who's professed you debt free. In the name of Jesus, too. Because that makes it more powerful and more real. <laughs> Sorry. You're debt free in the name of Jesus. You're debt free. You're blessed. You're debt free in the name of Jesus. And you keep the visas going, no, you're no, 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 the visa, the visas, the visas melting, the visas melting, my visa is melting, my visa is melting, you know, the bank manager's like, ah, going to your boss and telling them, tell you the introduction was longer than the message, who cares? There's it's life, isn't it? It's not about life. We're talking about real things. I love God. I love Jesus. No use, they say. Don't give yourself a doing for not being a super spiritual Christian. You love God and you love Jesus and He's alright. And He's alright with you not being okay. Alright, let's just be real here about this, eh?
<laughs> I hope some of you love this. I hope some of you love this stuff. Because it's only going to get better. We just see what we're like when it's really busy. We are awesome. <laughs> Seeing people's lives changing right in front of my very eye. But they don't change overnight. It's just years. Step by step, day by day. Minute by minute, second by second. Navigating life's battles and life's problems. And these people don't love any Jesus. don't love Jesus any less. They don't have any less faith. They don't have any less faith or more faith. Or they don't know any less or know any more. They're just people. Just people. I know some great leaders. Great leaders leading churches in their tens and twenty thousands. Had to deal with bouts of depression. Go figure. Yeah. Lou Giglio. You have the Lou Giglio? I see that after a few beers. <laughs> Lou Giglio. Atlanta area. Amazing. Andy Stanley. You have the Andy Stanley? Andy Stanley has to get through counselling once a year just to keep himself right. Heaven forbid. Heaven forbid we're not right. Heaven forbid we've not got it all together. Thank God we've not got it all together. Thank God these guys document this stuff. They're not doing it because Jesus has no power. They're doing it because Jesus has got power. They're doing it because he has got power and this is what needs to harm to navigate life. Look, Iglio, full on depression. Brian Houston. No, we're not, we're not saying that this is right, wrong, we're just saying how it is. Brian Houston. Problems is no, you don't know of a problem because you're a Christian. I used to, I remember when I first got sober, I said, I can't believe this is happening to me. Don't you know I'm trying to get sober? As if, as if, as if my addiction was going to, was a respect for my problems and, oh well, Sorry, you're a Christian. Should not happen. Very sorry. Don't you even think it's amazing that, eh, uh, that it says in, this is in Genesis chapter 3, amazing. First verse of Genesis chapter 3, you know I'm knowing my message at all. Doesn't matter, we're having a day. I love that God says, eh, uh, that the serpent was more cunning than all the rest that he made. The serpent was more cunning than all the rest that he made. Oh, so he made you more cunning? Yeah? Yeah? Yeah, that? Because unless it's God and it's been made, it's going to be him that made it. Because he created all things. So, there's loads of cunning things that happen in our life that we have to navigate through. We're cunning. Baffling and powerful. No, just try and just try and isolate yourself for a couple of weeks. You know, belong. You can you can convince yourself anything. Isolate yourself for two weeks, and you could convince yourself that the world's flat. You understand? You convince yourself that everybody's talking about you. It's the woman that went to Joel Austin's church, and she says, "Pastor, I can't come back here. Why? Everybody's talking about me. Everybody. Yes, everybody." Nobody likes me. Okay. She says, how long have you been coming here? She says, two months. And I'm giving you one more week to get me sorted. Oh. And he says, I find it impossible for you to believe that no, nobody likes you in this church. And she says, how can you be so sure? She says, the 30,000 people come to this church. You don't know everybody. <laughs> you ever, but you get on that stage. Where was, it, where was your theology for that feeling? None. Uh, and our lives will be wrought at times and overwhelmed with dilemmas, problems, pain, loss, kids. See that? Comparing kids. Kids. Is there any other thing your kids full on demonic? Really? You know what I mean? <laughs> full on. Full on demonic. Full on. You're convinced? They're no. You're convinced there. No, they're not the same as the other kids. They're not the same as the other kids. They're not the same. You see people saying all the time, I can't come to church today. How no? I'm not in a good place. 
Right, okay. Stay away and let everybody pretend that we're okay then. Why don't you just come as a mess? I dare you to come down to your makeup on and look like Alice Cooper. <laughs> I dare you. I dare you. I dare you not to put your makeup on and come anyway. Let people know that you're human. Heaven forbid. No, I'm not human. I'm spiritual. Uh, I think we need to talk about that stuff. I think we need to talk about that stuff in church. The world's better at talking about it than us. That's why people are spending thousands and tens of thousands in psychology. Seriously. It's on God's word. They don't want to touch psychology. They don't want to touch philosophy in church. They don't want because it's no spiritual enough. They don't want to talk, talk about how we feel in our mind and our battles and all that way. And it's going to need a bit more than casting out a vision. Because you could cast a vision on Monday but somebody rejects you on Tuesday. No, that's good. You hear me here? Good people talking about good things. Oh. But the racial shocking. The racial shocking compared to what's going on in our lives. The racial shocking. What do you think? That should be the wee part. That should be like the tinsel and baubles. We've made it the root and branch. The root and branches. The root and branches life. <laughs> okay. This is one of my quotes I made up before tonight, just so you go, he knows what's wrong about me. This is what I wrote. You cannot go out in a dark, a dark night in the rain with a candle and expect it to give you light. That's how we built up. We're giving people a candle in the dark and the rain and going, carry on. They're not going to be in the light. It's no effective. It's the wrong tool for the job. No wonder people have done the other stuff. Well, I need to go there, and I need to go to this thing, and I need to go to this counsellor, and I need to go to that counsellor. Jesus said, he's the counsellor. Yeah. But I need to get this counsellor, I need to get that counsellor, I need to get that, and I need to get that, and I need to get that, and I need to get that. No wonder they need it. Because the, the church is not providing that stuff. Okay, let me just give you an example eh, of this hard sell. I know some of you Honestly, there'll be churches in Dundee, and I don't hear a rip that say it, that will preach you happy all day long. Okay? Preach you happy all day long, and get you to want to stay, and get bums and seats, and get you to come, and get you to put the money in the offer, and get you to do that. But see, a month later, or six months later, you will be no further on in your life. You'll be no better. Seriously. And I don't, I'm not judging, I'm just saying how it is. You'll be no further on in your life until the next goose pimply feeling that you're going to get. Here's the name of my message and I'll get short time left. Fearology. The hidden language of fear. So this is going to give you a wee bit of this is going to this is this is definitely not going to make you feel terrific. But it might just grow you a wee bit inside to put your life a wee bit more on Monday. You've already got Jesus, that's a done deal, eh? Jesus has died in the cross. Can we settle that? Can we sell that Jesus has died on the cross and rose again after three days? Three day? Can we sell that? Can we sell that we're a new creation, we're a brand new man, old things up? Can we sell that? Can we sell that we're going to heaven? Can we sell that we're going to heaven? Yeah. Okay. Okay. Can we sell we're no in heaven? Do you think? Can we sell we're no in heaven? Can we stop pretending we are? Can we start talking about real stuff? Okay, this will help you, alright? Okay. Thank you. People talk fear talk every day in their life. So this is a wee tiny bit which I think will help just grow you this wee bit inside and then next week will continue. It'll be be continued. And then the next week there'll be something else that'll to be continued. And the next week there'll be something else to be continued. And do you know what? Do you know what might even harm? Amazingly you might become okay. You might be able to deal with life on life terms. You might be able to say no when you were meant to say no and say yes when you were meant to say yes. You might not melt when you lose your purse for three minutes. You might not. You might, but I doubt it. If your child comes home with two straight faces 
and not smiley faces when every other child has come home with smiley faces or he comes home with a black eye or no jacket because he's sold it. Okay. Okay. I don't know. Or doesn't come home at all because he's decided to go canoeing straight after school. Not tell you. Send out a search party. Decided he's want to get the devil on a photograph on his wall, whatever it is. Yeah. Or somebody doesn't shake your hand and look at you the right way. Or you don't get included. Or you get told you're not in the worship band this Sunday. Okay. Or whatever it may be. I believe this is a wee tiny, tiny bit that will make you okay with that. Would that do yous for the night? Would that just be a start? For- yes, I'll do. Praise Jesus. I'll do. Praise the Lord. Jesus, I love you. Jesus, I love you. Jesus, I love you. You know, Jesus, I love you. Sometimes you just stop doing it then. Every time I do that, it's hard. Stop it. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. That's it. Nothing. The people talk fear talk every day. Here's the biggest problem that I think in this stuff that really helped your life. Learning how to translate fear talk really helped. The problem is, is we all talk fear talk every day. We're just no great at translating fear talk. We don't understand it. Well, that was fear that spoke there. Well, that was fear that I heard. Uh, so, we talk it, but uh, fail to translate it, either in ourselves or others. Fear screams, fear shouts, fear cries, fear even silences. But fear's got another language as well. And this is what I just want to just bring this in and talk about. Some of the language you fear that you might not understand it is fear. Because there's one thing that I've learned about Christians. We're spiritually full, but totally unaware. People say, I'm dead honest. Well, you're a liar. How can you be? I'm really honest. What if you don't know? How can you be really honest about something you've not got a clue about? There's one thing about me, I always tell the truth. What if you're, what if you're, what if you're blind in that area? How can you, can you call it truth if it's unawareness? Can you tr- call it, can you still call it truth if you've not got a clue what's going on? Can you still call it truth? No, no can you really? I don't think so. I don't think you can call that truth, nor do I think you can call it honesty. Some of the most honest people I've ever I'm really, that's one thing about me, I'm honest. I mean, you're blind. How honest are you? Well, you would think the church would be full of honesty, wouldn't you? Full of truth. You ever been manipulated in church? I know you don't want to talk about that, eh? Have you ever had somebody going around the back door of your thing trying to butt, butter you up? Are you ever somebody over-promise and under-delivered? Yeah. Seriously. Do you think they were being honest? Probably. But they were unaware. Okay, so, Genesis 3. Let me go to Genesis 3, the scripture that I, and I'll bet you the scripture. Genesis 3, 8 to 12, New King James. And they heard the sound of the Lord walking in the garden in the cool of the day, and Adam and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord, God among the trees in the garden. Then the Lord God called to Adam and said to him, where are you? Oh, there's, you see where you're hiding? There's nothing worse than somebody phoning up to ask you what you're up to. <laughs> where are you? Uh, is that, has anybody ever phoned you early in the morning and you kid on you're more awake than what you are? You've just woke up. But it's quite late. Do you understand what I'm talking about? You're having a long lie, but you want to act less long lie Do you know what I'm on about here? But you, no, so you go, hi, you've just woke up, you've just, you've been lazy, you've been having death by duvet, but you don't, you don't want to admit you've been having death by duvet, because that's the sign of you're just a failure. Yeah. You understand? This is what's going on here. No. Adam and his wife in the presence of the Lord God among the trees in the garden, then the Lord God called to Adam and said to him, where are you? And he said, I heard your voice in the garden, and I was afraid, because I was naked and I hid myself. I was afraid, so I hid myself. And he said, Who told you that you were naked? Have you eaten from the tree of which I commanded you that you should not eat? You ever noticed how irrational fear is? 
You ever notice how irrational? It's totally irrational. Totally irrational. You ever been paranoid? I'm not talking about, I I used to be paranoid in my drug phase and that, no. I thought everybody was talking about me. You ever get paranoid? You start jumping to conclusions about things, yeah? Uh, Fear makes people hide behind physical things. And this is what Adam's done. Fear makes you hide behind physical things. Uh, Obviously, Adam thought trees could hide him from the presence. You ever played hide and seek with your wee child? You do that? You felt that? Ready! They stand behind the curtain, you can see the full shape of them behind the curtain like that. Wow, wonder where they are. You need to play the game, didn't you? Because you just can catch them right away. Like, where are you? Oh, you're no there. Like, <laughs> <laughs> That's what Adam, it's a bit like, isn't it? I'll cover myself with a fig leaf and just pretend I'm alright. Uh, and obviously Adam thought uh, that he could hide be presence, uh, but you can't. Uh, and then he says this, verse 12, I love what he says in verse 12. I love what he says in verse 12. Don't, don't, don't put the scripture up there now about verse 12. Let me just paraphrase what he said and see if you think it's right. God, please leave Eve alone. It's all my fault. I take full responsibility for my actions. She's amazing. And I love her very much. I'm an idiot. She's perfect. Okay, when you see what he did say. Then the man said, The woman who you gave to me, to be with me, she gave me the tree night. <laughs> and 18 words, 18 words, Adam is blamed God, because he brung her. <laughs> I mean, I would have been alright. It was you that made her. In 18 words, he's been able to blame God and a woman for all his issues. I mean, you made her God. I mean, if I was going to make her, I would have made somebody a lot better than that. 18 words. 18 words. Adam has been able to elevate all responsibility and blame and project that only two people one being God. You ever blame God? See you? No, we don't blame God, you know. God and his wife. Oh, he's like, that's it. Uh, you can hear the name going, yeah. Uh, exactly. Fearology always projects responsibility on others. You will never have a fear and you'll, if you can't identify a fear, ask yourself who you're blaming. Yeah. I know. Did you want a victory? Well, I thought come later. I don't know if I like that. I like the church on the road. They make me feel good. Uh, it always makes you blame somebody. If any of you are going through a blame phase, I promise you, you're trying to hide fear. Every single time. Uh, if you don't want to hit your blah, if you want to be one of the pity party friends, you're blah, I know that. Shocking. Can I believe they treated you that way? Shocking. Uh, two people here, Adam and Eve, talking the language of fear, without fully understanding what they're saying and why. I'd love Christians to be able to understand what they're saying and why. I'd love to see what they mean without being mean when they say it. I like that. I like it at all. Irresponsibility always causes conflict. No matter. Here's a conflict now. Every time you're irresponsible, you'll always be in conflict. Uh, here's a little thing you can do with your kids just in case you've got kids if you've no date with your partner or date with somebody. The next time they leave a shirt or a towel lying, right? Just to help you with this. Language of fear and dealing with it. Next time they leave a shirt or tail line, say to them, <laughs> tell me to pick up your clothes because you can't be bothered. Tell me again to pick up your mess because you don't want it. 
I just started to talk back to each other. Uh, so if you know fearology, you could say things like, tell me not to like who you don't like. You hear me? Tell me again not to like who you don't like, so you don't need to deal with not being liked. Do you hear me? Uh, tell me again not to like who you don't like because you don't like who they made you feel. Tell me again. Uh, or tell me again how terrible that person is to you so you don't have to deal with being offended. Tell me again. Tell me again how offended you were with that person. So that I'll know like them also. Then you'll never need to face the truth. Uh, tell me again how amazingly more better you are at the job, your job, than your colleague is, so that you don't need to face the rejection from your boss. Tell me again. Do you understand? Imagine you start, man, that's the language of theology. That's how we would start talking. Tell, tell me again how they're rubbish at their job and how good you are. Imagine we started living that way. You'd be, you'd maybe end up a basket case. I don't know. But, but see, for me, you'd maybe start getting honest. And start questioning. Tell me again how awful your teacher is teaching. So you can have an excuse not to have an exam. <laughs> okay, that's the unwritten language of theology. theology. Two more quick points. John 13, 36 to 38. Simon Peter said to him, Lord, where are you going? Jesus answered him, where I am going and you cannot follow me, but you shall follow me after. Peter said to him, Lord, why can I not follow you now? I will lay down my life for your sake. Jesus answered him, Will you really lay down your life for my sake? Most assuredly, I say to you, the rooster shall not crow till you have denied me three times. Fearology and fear loves to butter up. It's pandemic. Can I tell you, it's in this city as well. I'll just say it for it is. It's in this city where people are getting buttered up because of the insecurity. Buttering people up. When I'll give you a platform so you don't leave. Sorry, I'm saying it. I'm just saying it. I'm, I'm telling the truth. I've dealt with me. I'm telling the truth. I will lay down my life for your sake, Peter said. You mean everything to me? You're amazing, Peter. I think Jesus is going underneath. You're amazing. Oh, I love it when you butter me up. You know, it's like corn in the cob, isn't it? See when you butter somebody up, because you're ready to take a bite. I've heard people give me the undying love to me one week, and next week, they're only as good as your last word. Oh, there's no much love in that church. There's no, ah, oh, there's no much love. I gave one undying love to you last week, and now you don't like what I say. Uh, do you know what I mean? You may even get the religious scripture. God's told me to tell you. He's not told me a word. God's told me to tell you. I've not heard a thing. I'm sure he could tell me myself, don't you think? I'm sure if God had something to say to me, I, I don't know, call me weird. Call me a weirdo. I think if God's got something to say to me, he could say it to me. Maybe. I'm not talking about people speaking into your lives, you understand? God's told me to tell you, you have to stay here. Is he? Did he? Aye. Yeah, did he? Yeah, okay. Okay. That's virology you're talking here. I can hear fearology in your voice. Do you know how I can hear fearology? Because I went to town in me. And I've no just shabba-dabba-dood my way through life. I can hear bull when I hear it. Do you understand? I can hear it a mile away. I can hear it for 50 yards in the dark. Just the same as Jesus could. Oh, would you lay down your life for me? Really? Really, Peter? Really? Really, Peter? Oh, I... Tell me again how amazing that's all you want to Tell me again how amazing that's all you stay in forever. You understand? Here's one more. This is my last one, alright? Two minutes for you, okay with us? Matthew 16, 21 to 23. From that time Jesus began to show his disciples that he must go to Jerusalem and suffer many things from the elders and chief priests and scribes and be killed and be raised in the third day. Then Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him, saying, Far be it from you, Lord, this shall not happen to you. But he turned and said, Peter, get behind me, Satan. You are an offence to me, for you are not mindful of the things of God, but the things of men. Peter rebukes Jesus. Wow. Yeah. You ever rebuked Jesus? Never word with you, Jesus? 
don't like the way you're treating me the now. Jesus, I couldn't give a rip. I could not care less how offended you are. See if you're easily offended, but you're sitting in my seat. Oh, what am I going to do for you? You're easily offended and I'm sitting in this seat. I'm going to see everything not you offended. I'm not trying to be like, we're trying to grow each other, aren't we? Oh, don't leave me. Don't leave me. I'll give you a platform. <coughs> Can you say again, tell me how to live according to you? That's the language of fear. Tell me again. Tell me again. How have you lived my life from about your emotions? Tell me again. Jesus says, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. And, <coughs> and then it said that the rulers sneered them. This is my clothes band. You want to come up and give them some hope? Uh, and he says that people sneered them. Theology is, an in, is absolutely desperate to nullify it. They don't want to try and make Jesus less influential. I make people less influential. Uh, who is this Jesus? He says he can't even save himself. Why would I listen to him? Why would I listen to him? Here's what theology is. This is what it says. Tell me again how hopeless I am. So it makes it easier for you not to submit to me. You understand? Tell me again how much a failure I am. So that you can nullify what I'm saying. Tell me again about my mistake. Tell me again about what I never done right last week. So that you don't need to listen to the truth of what I'm now telling you today. Oh. You understand? Fearology. It's a language of fear. And if we could even the night, even just the night you've just left with a wee bit of, oh my goodness, I can hear fear a wee bit more. When I'm saying it, or when I'm receiving it, and I can be a wee bit stronger and bolder. And I don't need the next big move or the next big wave or the next big thing to go over it. I can just put one foot in front of the other and actually deal with my pain. Yeah? And deal with my rejection and deal with my stuff. Listen, you can go away and study this. The cows come home. Really, if you've been through something or whatever you get through in your life, I know this sounds dead psychological. It's all rejection and abandonment. Every single thing is rejection and abandonment. Everything. Oh, but it's the Lord, it's Jesus. You know that. But this is plus. You understand? It's, it's, it's plus. This is, this is the next stage of the journey. We've gave our life to Jesus. We're, we're believing. We're going to heaven. Yes, we're going to heaven. But we want to try and populate heaven by leading more people to heaven. We want to try and populate heaven by understanding and being wise. You know, let me tell you something that I spoke to somebody the other day and I don't mean to say let me tell you something. Sounds dead judgmental. I'm 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 on your side here. You understand? I'm I'm not here telling you how to live. I'm here. I'm I'm one of you. I'm us. <laughs> I'm no different. I'm us. I hope you hear that tonight. I'm no I'm no I'm no this is how you this is what's wrong with you. I'm not like that. I know. The counsel of a man is a deep ocean. But the man of understanding will draw it out. It's a slogan, one of the slogans when you get into an office in Motherwell and if you open that door in there, the counsel of a man is a deep ocean. But the man of understanding will draw it out. You have to go to a deep place to get people to a deep place. Shallow diagnosis equals shallow recovery. How honest are we? How much do we justify things because we can't cope with how it makes other people feel? We create our own religion. We start rewriting this. Start rewriting the new gospel. Start rewriting the gospel as if it's something else now. Because of what you're frightened of dealing with, you're frightened of facing, or frightened of looking at, or, or we're unaware, or we don't understand, and we start looking at it this way. I'm under no illusion. It's no, this is no guilt, or negativity, or, or bravado, or, or paranoia. I have no, I know for a fact we're not going to come to this city and get a red carpet. I'm an idiot. 
I know that. I know they've got to go, oh, great, let's support them. It's not going to harm that way. But seeing the same note, I don't live my life saying, we must be doing something great when you're facing opposition. Is that all about it? That's not always right. Sometimes you can be facing opposition because you're doing something terrible. <laughs> Sometimes you can be facing opposition because of what you're not dealing with in your life and in your heart and in your emotions. You know, seeing this word in God's word, see long before we have wisdom, he asked us to have courage. And I would close by saying this, and this is your take home. Have courage. Have courage. Don't worry about how you say it. Understand? Some of you are waiting to say it because you want to say it right. Wisdom is that comes after courage. I've met so many people. I had courage long before I ever had wisdom. I'm sure I've still no go any and that, that's okay. Uh, courage comes before wisdom. Sometimes you just need to have the courage to say the right thing before you say it well. You understand? Yeah. I would applaud you as courageous people. It's important thing. Good for you. Good for you. It's better to have the courage to say it and say it well. God will teach you how to say it well as you become more secure and more understanding and more gracious to people. And just need sometimes you say it first. Be courageous. Be strong and be courageous. Talk about the real stuff. We're going to talk about the real stuff every single week. Every single week. Sometimes it'll be better. Sometimes it'll be inspirational. Sometimes it'll make you feel like running a victory lap when you leave here. Sometimes you just leave here and just ponder. Got a bit of work to go yet. But I promise you, see in the next days, weeks and months ahead, you will be better equipped. You will be better equipped face the stuff that you need to face. You will be better equipped to say no. You will be better equipped to be less sensitive, to be a better husband, a better wife, a better colleague, a better father, a better mother. You're dealing with this stuff and any this and this would ever be. That'll give you a kickstart and we'll offer big massive leaps. But see after the leap, let's talk, eh? Let's have a chat. Let's have a let's have a conversation about life. Let's get the ratio right about what we talk about in church, eh? Because my problems and my situations and my life and my dilemmas and my pain and my hurts and my wounds and my lack of forgiveness and my annoyance and my grievances and my emotions and my feelings and my stuff. Seriously, they they need a lot more time than that. They need a lot more time and just a quick fix, and a quick make me feel good. So if you leave here tonight and you don't feel better, I promise you, you're getting better. It's all about feelings. They're only feelings. Nothing more than feelings. Amen. Thanks for listening to this podcast from Hope United. You can stay connected with us through our Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram pages.